Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. We have a couple of friends here in studio, uh, some repeat offenders. We've got Josh Newby, the executive director of Council on Aging, and uh, um, I'd say bench player for Channel 3. Every now and then, Sue Strawn invites me on for the, for the great work. Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, Rusty Branch, who is a vice president at Industry Hotels with a lot of other words in his title that I can never remember. <laughs> but, uh, Rusty, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. By the way, Rusty, we were talking about you earlier when you weren't here. Not on the air, off the air. We were talking about you. And we decided that you have a great band name. Name. Oh, Rusty Branch. That's right. Yeah. We're going to go see Rusty Branch at yeah. the Hangout yeah. Fest. I like it. Yeah, it's I mean, I, th- I think it's there. So if you ever decide to... Form a band. Sure. You, you've already got the name. Yeah, I You're got it. Already said. Uh, the story that was just in the news, kind of an interesting one about retailers deciding to back away from self-checkout. Uh, I I like self-checkout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the interaction with the person, but Mm-mm. the amount of time that I have to wait <laughs> at a person checkout right. is 90 plus percent. You're always waiting at least for one or two people, right? right? The amount of time that you have to wait for self-checkout is, what, 5%? Yeah. You know, I mean, almost never. So I'm faster than the clerk. The only thing that's annoying is when you can't find somebody to come approve your alcohol purchase. I mean, right. but otherwise I'm fine with it. It just doesn't bother me. What yeah. And I and I guess because of shrink, like we were talking about, they're theft. cutting back theft, right? Yeah. They're cutting back. And, you know, when they transitioned, when they when they fired all these employees and they transitioned all of us to becoming their employees, right. you know, did, did the prices We're go down? Employees, did right. the prices go down, Andrew? The prices did not go down. The prices went up. So I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for these people who are now experiencing, you know, unmanageable and unsustainable levels of loss. Because we're doing their job for them, and then we have to show them. I'm very passionate about this. Show and them then, the receipt to and prove then that we, we did the job the right. Andrew, no, I already did your job. You know, for a for a quiet, wilting flower millennial like you to be so outspoken, well, I have to who, who likes to avoid the yes, cashier. I'm passionately defending my right to just stay in my bubble. <laughs> As I move through the store. <laughs> slightly older on the scale, uh, Rusty. Uh, slightly. Well, you're not as old as I am. Um, uh, well, I'm just wondering who still goes to the store. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah that's fair. Who goes wow. inside anymore? I, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. not gotten on that train at all. Yeah. I don't order things. I do my own work. I don't. The Our, whole Uber for food, the, or yeah. you know, Instacart. DoorDash, Instacart, yeah. all of that stuff. Call ahead and have the Walmart pickers go pick your stuff. No, thank you. No. No. Um, Rusty, are you a uh, self-check or no self-check? My ring goes off a lot. Okay. Your what now? My ring. Oh. <laughs> so you outsource your work. <laughs> nice. All right. It's probably smarter that way, but all right, fair enough. Hey, um, Josh, I did want to ask you, we had cold weather on Wednesday morning. I think it was Wednesday morning. Yeah. And we have really cold weather coming up again tomorrow morning and Sunday morning. Obviously, a lot of concern for various vulnerable populations, including the people you serve, yes. uh, the elderly. What, I mean, I, I don't want to dwell a lot, but this is something obviously you work with. Sure. Um, old people who are on fixed incomes and may not have high quality heating cap- capability in in winter in Florida. Yeah, I thank you for bringing this up. I mean, just briefly, I, I was I was in a home before Christmas. It was 40-something degrees in the home. I mentioned Inside? This Inside the home. They have no heat. I mean, what's going to happen? Right? They have no heat. They have no insulation. So it's 40-something degrees inside the home. I mentioned this on Channel 3 the other day. I get angry when it's 60. What Mm. I didn't mention on Channel 3 is that, you know, me and the senior were talking, and um, I asked her what her plan was, and she said, oh, I'll just turn on the oven and open the door. Mm. Just so matter-of-factly. And what Sue Strawn said to me after we got off the air is that so many people in a, in a disadvantaged minority poverty community, they're just used to life that way. Yeah. They throw in their bathrobe into the oven. 
put it on, and that's how they heat up. And and these are people who built this community having to live that way. So if we can provide some respite, if we can provide some relief, if you're listening, please reach out to Council on Aging of West Florida um, and donate. I mean, th- that's the long and short of it is, it's, is donate. It's, it's as you say, you know, the human being is just about infinitely adaptable to the most beautiful circumstances mm-hmm. to take them for granted and the most atrocious circumstances to take them for granted. Yeah. And when you've gradually chosen or behaved or adapted yourself into a situation like that. I mean, I had that same kind of a thing where we were delivering like angel tree stuff back in St. Louis one time to a neighborhood that we probably shouldn't have been going to at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just shouldn't, but we did. And I'm in there and this lady who's, you know, 90 year old black lady is in there with her, you know, her cats and her newspapers all over the floor and her oven that's open, that's heating yeah. her apartment yeah. with, with the candlelight. I mean, it's just, it just is, mm-hmm. it's, it's awful. And it just is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, We've been talking a lot about Baptist Hospital on this show in the last week, and what I think I have to say is I'm just disappointed that there's not a better ability to find a way to bridge the gap. On the one hand, you have I, – I, and I get both people. I get Alex Andrade sure. says, I can't go to my legislative fellows and tell them we're going to take this money to spend on a project, and that project doesn't manifest, and then I, I look like a liar to them and I don't have credibility. Mm-hmm. So I need a promise that it's going to be used to demolish or at least take the property. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care what happens to the property. As long as it's to acquire the property and the city takes it, that's enough. And D.C. Reeves, he didn't – I mean, he did say no. He said no last week when I asked him – or this week when I asked him, he said, I can't promise that because costs might skyrocket. We might have remediation issues. I can't be sure, and I'm not going to put the city on the hook for a project that's halfway funded, even though I appreciate the money. Well, today Alex says, okay, I can't get you seven or eight million. Now I can get right. you, I say three, but Broxton is going to go for five. So I can get you five. And now an unwillingness to say a couple of words means two to three million dollars lost for the city. And again, I get both sides, but it's just disappointing all around. It doesn't, I don't know that it's going to jeopardize the project, but if you're trying to climb the $16.5 million hill and you're now two to three million dollars farther behind on that climb, that's a problem, right, Rusty? Oh, certainly. And and look, th- these are both great guys. Right, right, right. And they're trying to do what's best for the community. Smart, um, sharp, community-oriented absolutely. people. Absolutely. And what Alex is trying to do in Tallahassee is, you know, toe a line. Uh, certainly we have Senator Broxson right now as appropriations chair, and so there's an opportunity there. Um, but 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 there's still, there's a hierarchy. There's a, there's a way of doing things. And so, uh, you know, and then D.C. is trying to work in a pretty – Difficult situation. I mean, we're at Dixon School, right? Industry has been there for years uh, in that community on 8th Street, two blocks south of the Baptist campus. And you have uh, Attic's Court, Morris Court right there. And so what do you do with this property is the first big question. And how do you even get started? But what do you do with it? Is it affordable housing? Is it low-income housing? Is it workforce housing? Is it a town center? So you've got all Is it mixed ideas. income? It's I mean, the, like the project things, right? in Louisiana or yeah. other places, well, right? Well, the, the, the New Orleans project's great. We've been to Lyft Orlando and looked at that project mm-hmm. in the West Lakes District. We've had the East uh, Lake District folks from Atlanta come down. Uh, we've actually been a part of some of these conversations uh, because our ownership at Innisfree are developers. Very much right? so. Yeah. And so, um, so these are difficult questions, and it's unfortunate it has to be played out in the public yep. um, yeah. because it's, it's, it's tough, and that's a tough site. Um, and so I think I think Baptist is trying to do the right thing. DC is trying to do the right thing. Alex is trying to do the right thing. I think the community wants to do the right thing. But what is that? It's hard to get to. Um, and so, you know, it's just unfortunate it's come to this sort of pitting each other against each other. And, and you know, I know that sometimes people who do my kind of a job, they like that because, oh, look, the conflict. And yeah. 
God, that is definitely not what I preferred. I was really, honestly, I was kind of, I knew there was some friction here, and I was hoping that by talking to Alex and then talking to DC, I don't know, maybe I could help mend a bridge or, or find it, yeah. just find it, you know, and it, it feels you know, that it, hasn't worked. It feels like, and I hope this isn't the case, but I, it feels like this is the beginning of a slide in a in the negative direction. Like it between was eight, the two of now them in their relationship. Now next oh, week it'll yeah. be three. I, oh man! Well, I you know I hope not that also right because right? the project. I mean, we want it to happen for sure. You know, and it doesn't seem like it's it's not going to happen just happen on its own. Right. You know, so this week we've been talking a lot on the show about term limits. Yeah. And I am passionately uh, conflicted. <laughs> like, I really, really see both sides. And I think I probably go with, I don't believe in term limits, which puts me as an outsider in my party. Conservatives and Republicans are typically pro-term limits, and Democrats and liberals typically don't like them. Uh, the problem I have with this bill is it does it through statute and rather than doing it through referendum. Mm-hmm. And I just can't see my way around the following argument. If the voters want to vote to not trust the voters in the future, who they are, that's one thing. But if the legislators decide not to trust the voters in the future to elect out the people who shouldn't be there for 20 or 30 or 40 years, that's a whole different problem to me. And so it seems like this should only be done through referendum, but it's being done through statute. But I'm, look, I I get Chuck Grassley shouldn't be in the Senate at 90. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's Iowa voters to make that decision, and Iowa voters keep making the decision to keep him. How do you say to them no, and how do you say to people who want to continue to reelect Stephen Barry or Lumen May or Jeff Bergosh or Sam Parker or you know, or eventually Chip Simmons and Bob Johnson? Because it's going to come to all the constitutionals at some point, and then you have the complication of, well. Are administrative positions like supervisor of elections or clerk of the court, are those ones where the term limits arguments make right. sense? Are you going to force David Stafford to Well, he's oh, left, no, he but, I know, but, but do we want to like get rid that. of Tappy Valane just because it's been right. a long time? Who cares? She's doing a great job. So, uh, Rusty, you work in Tallahassee a lot. You're Let's start with Josh on this <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, you get term limits every two years, every four years. You know, have a smarter electorate. I, I'm sort of fundamentally against legislative action on any sort of election protocol. It goes back to, to Supreme Court Baker versus Carr for me, the political thicket. There's 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 too much to lose and too much to gain for the legislators to put their hands in that pot. I agree. It needs to be done it needs to be given to the voters. But it is a weird one, right? Because it's not legislators voting to enhance their power. Right. It's, it's legislators Forcing the electorate to accept a reduction in power for them, which is term limits, right? That's right. That's and right. So it, it's a little it bit odd. Correct. It is. It is a. It is self-limiting. Right. Uh, they're voting to self-limit. Um. But I. I'm. I'm still against it. Again, it's the will of the people, and you're gonna preempt that in a state of all states that supposedly values home rule. It just. I don't know. It, and and that's the other issue is proximity to the voter, right? County commissioners are. Yeah. You know, that's your neighbor. Right. That's right. I mean, you know, Matt Gates is somebody's neighbor. Right. Well, and I mean, you know, and yeah. so but the point is you can reach out and talk to your commissioners all day long if you don't like what's going on. You may, maybe they don't answer you. I don't know. But you, you they are gives, much more accountable than you, you've the been, senators and you've been talking about Chevron doctrine. It also gives a term limits give a lot of power to the to the administrative state and the, the lobbyists. surrounding powers, the donors, yes. the uh, the businesses, the lobbyists. Right. Because somebody's going to have that power. Right. And if it's not in the hands of the legislator, well, it'll be somewhere else. Right. 
Yeah. So I think they got a leg to stand on because they voted it on themselves right. in the past. So, um, you know, I think from that perspective, my, my one concern is that with, with closing primaries and what funding does do, um, you know, name ID is a big deal. And so anyways, I, I think it might open name recognition, th- that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you could have someone in office, you know, a Chuck Grassley and people in Iowa vote for him because they just know that name when they go in. Yep. Right. Yep. And so the idea that it would force a more um, engaged voter potentially that you'd have to do your research, you'd have to look into that. Because right now we can we can be sure that our system isn't working greatly in terms of turnout and who does decide in the end, especially in Florida with the way mm-hmm. primaries work. Um, who do you get on that ballot at mm-hmm. the end of it? Um, so, you know, am I supportive? I don't know. But I, I think that there are pluses, there's minuses to it. I think it's hurt small communities like us in the legislature um, because it's tilted the power to South Florida where we can't reelect the same person and they – Folks in South Florida know this senator is going to be here for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. And that's the way it used to work, right? So that's the way a small area like ours um, w- was able to maintain some sense of power. Because Tampa, Miami, Orlando, they're going to turn over. You're going to have people that run right. against you. And so that's harmed us, and it's created this hierarchy where leadership really controls the whole you know, of a two-year session. Mm-hmm. Um, and downhill, you just got to play that game. And so, that, that whole system is truly befuddling to me. I, I mean, we do this thing like I heard Michelle Salzman make the comment. She's like, well, my speaker, yeah, the speaker uh, for her class when she got elected for the first time last time around, mm-hmm. and they already know who the speaker is right. going to be in yep. six years. Yep. What the? <laughs> and same right. for Alex. I mean, yeah. in fact, one of the things about him functioning as he does with the leadership positions he's had is that he's going to be one of the chief lieutenants of his speaker when he gets yep. into that position. That's great for us, but... You know, compare that to the House of Representatives in Congress, where it seems like you know they're always having to pick their speaker because they can't figure it out. Right. But that at least makes sense right. to me. Sure. You know, it's not just how can somebody be picked six years in advance? Term limits. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting argument I haven't heard before, Rusty. That that forcing term limits would force voter engagement and participation because they'd sort of have to research, assuming they don't just go with R or D. I think it's I, almost the it's the it's sort of the reverse of that is when somebody is going to be in office for 20 years, nobody bothers getting right. interested sure. in running because they can't get in sure. there. Yeah. When you know they're leaving, people pay attention and maybe the spark, spark catches. Yeah, and, and, and you know, those folks, if, if you're one of the people, you know, a lobbyist type, and you're picking a horse, that's what they do, right? Right. And you've got someone with name ID that's been in office, that's right. been elected, and all of a sudden they're the ones with the money. They're the ones with the name ID. And you need two of three things. Three is great to win an election. You need to have name ID, you need to have money, and you need to have volunteers. Two of those three will get mm-hmm. you there, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I'm not saying that it that it would do it. I just think it would entice it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I, I think right now there's not an enticement from that standpoint other than the, the, the extremes of the parties. Sure. Right? Well, the, you know, and the, the one, I don't know, one of the business guys who also was a county commissioner, he made the point, he said, Tell me an industry in which high turnover is better for the output product. Yeah. I mean, somebody with institutional knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it the, the basic thing is people think about the 40-year serving person who's incompetent. Mm-hmm. And they don't think about like a Don Salter. Right. You know, who right. serves for a long time and is great at it. Like, yeah. it's both sides. I mean, yeah. both can be true. And but, I, but, I, but again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> those who figured out the system and know how to use it to their sure, advantage, sure, sure. to me, may may, may do more. Um, you know, Don Gates used to say, re- really limiting government, right? Like, starve it out. The less you do, the better yeah, yeah, yeah. for government. You know, the Reagan idea. 
Um, and so those folks who figured out how to use that to to their advantage, to their yeah. privilege, maybe that's mm. probably a bad word in here. Um, <laughs> I don't key mind. Word. You know, their blessing, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. The the the, the newbie, um, you know, that isn't <laughs> nice. sure how yeah. to operate. Maybe that stalls some of the things. Maybe that's so progress. So it worked in inefficiency, just like conflict between the parties is designed by the uh, founder, right, by the right. founders. Sort of and sure. that's not a, that's not a bug. That's a feature, right? Yeah, so potentially. Okay. Uh, I have a different question I want to get both of your thoughts on, and we'll get a traffic break in here fast. But um, it just occurred to me, I was reading a bill on, uh, it was maybe it was the term limits bill, but it suddenly occurred to me, why doesn't the party just do this on its own? You don't need a law. Why doesn't the state Republican Party or the, even the county Republican Party say, you know what, we say we believe in term limits and here's the money where our mouth is. We're just going to say if you're a two-term commissioner, you cannot run for a third term and call yourself a Republican. We're not going to support you as a party. They could do it without the legislature. They could do it on their own, and it would be just—I think it would be pretty darn effective, and it would be you know, self-imposed, which I've always preferred that as a, as a conservative. So kind of two thoughts. One is uh, somebody who says they believe in term limits and keeps running for— a third or fourth term. I'm right. like, come, come on, just take yourself out. You believe right. in it, do it, right? Um, the other one is, why doesn't the party just do it? <laughs> why doesn't the party say, we believe in term limits, we don't need the legislature to enforce our will on this, we just won't mm. support you if you run for a third term. And of course, without the party, they can't be elected, right? So why not that? The only thing, I mean, that, that's a that's a novel thought to me. The only thing I can come up with is that it's it's sexy to run on. It's a it's a more useful platform position that doesn't get solved. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, uh, so to, we to, would like, do this like, if only we had well, the votes. You have like, three quarters of the legislature, sir. Like abortion for a long time, yeah, you know, sure. what was a big driving force behind the behind the right to turn out and vote. Yeah, and turnout now, issues, right? Correct, if you can get right. people excited, is, then is they'll it, come and vote it, your way. Is it, is way it a right. turnout issue when they could solve it internally? I don't think Republicans really have the "we can't get it done" argument anymore in Florida. Right. That's true. <laughs> maybe they want to limit others' terms. No, maybe, maybe. Any can the I mean the party could do it right theoretically the party could just say we're committed to this we're not supporting anybody past two terms right yeah I think so <laughs> I don't know what power the party has right I mean I think they could still run as a Republican you probably wouldn't have the fundraising apparatus but I think you could still run I mean you're registered Republican through the through the supervisors of elections not through the party I I don't feel knowledgeable enough about party structure but let's talk about it more yeah. <laughs> let's pontificate let's about it yeah it's a little bit more no I, I love that oh man uh well we are almost completely out of time let me just get your your 10 second reaction to this funny story to me parents are sometimes showing up with their kids at job interviews to helicopter them all the way through happiness no absolutely <laughs> not i'm not hiring the parents <laughs> If a parent showed up at a job interview with an applicant for you, Rusty, is that going to go well for them? I don't know. It's according to how the parents act, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's right. Well, it depends. Are they coming to work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to make sure they're there, they're on time. I mean, time, if the parent's yeah. done all the homework and, you yeah. know, helping them throughout life, maybe the, maybe you get the parent in the deal and yeah. they're a good employee. There you go. Two for them. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Rusty Branch, good good band name. And Josh Newby, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.